Shadow Summit Paranormal Research Lab. This is Siren speaking. How may I assist you? Hi, I'm Erica. I'm dealing with something... odd. Something unnerving. I thought you could be of help. Hello, Erica. I'm here to help. Could you describe your experience to me? Sure, Kieran. It started about a month ago. A woman, a persistent figure, began appearing in my dreams. She wears a surgical mask and... whispers, Am I beautiful? It didn't matter how I responded. She'd reveal her... distorted mouth. It's been tormenting me, Kieran. I see. Could you lay out the events in sequence, starting from the first time you had this encounter? Yes. It started with the dreams. They were vivid. So vivid. That woman, her mask, her grin. It was haunting. And then, I began seeing her. In waking hours. Everywhere I looked. On the subway, in the crowd, on a random street. She was there. It became so distressing I installed red threads for protection. But the fear... The fear is still there. That indeed sounds very tense. And could you provide more specifics about when these incidents commonly occur? Is there any family history of paranormal experiences? Any prevailing weather conditions or particular settings at those times? The dreams. They would occur any time I fell asleep. Day, night, it didn't matter. As for family history, no, not to my knowledge. This all began one random night. There's been no particular weather pattern or specific locations. Did you notice any other odd occurrences or phenomena around the time when these events started happening? No, nothing else out of the ordinary. It's just been her... haunting me. Has anyone else been with you during any of these sightings, or have they perceived this entity differently? Well, my friends noticed my distress, but they've never seen her. To them, she exists only in my narrative. Have you heard of Kuchisaki Ona, Erika? There are striking similarities between your case and this Japanese urban legend. Kuchisake Ona? No, never. Are my experiences akin to this legend? Yes, and the entity in question shares striking resemblances to what you described. Kuchisake Ona is a vengeful spirit, or Onryo, known for her malfunctioning mouth hidden behind a surgical mask. However, it varies across cultures and eras. These beings may also serve as a warning, or even protective entities. So, what should I do, Kieran? How do I navigate this? There are different approaches, Erica. Some knowledge of her backstory might help disarm the fear, or create a plan of action for when she does appear. Is there any chance you or your team can visit, Kieran? I could use some expertise on ground. Yes, Erica. I'll bring this up with my colleagues and we'll figure out our next steps. Remember, you're not alone. We'll get through this together. Thank you, Kieran. I hope to hear from you soon. It was a pleasure to speak to you, Erica. Stay strong and keep in touch. Kieran, you mentioned receiving a new case earlier. Could you provide us with some details? Yes, indeed. The client's name is Erica, and she's been experiencing uncanny phenomena. A female entity is appearing in her dreams and seems to have bridged that gap into the waking world. She is a persistent figure wearing a surgical mask who asks, Am I beautiful? Regardless of Erica's response, yes. Fascinating. From a psychological perspective, the manifested entity could be an expression of Erica's unconscious fears or tragic experiences. The surgical mask might be indicative of a phobia or deep-seated fear of disease or medical procedures. Do we have any information about Erica's history, any instances of trauma or oppression? While I appreciate the psychological angle, Victoria, we should also consider the possibility of suggestive hallucinations induced by an environment or even a chronic sleep disorder. 
This kind of apparition happens often in cases of sleep paralysis. The surgical mask, the whispering, it all sounds eerily similar to late-night horror movies. I appreciate both theory inputs. However, there's a cultural aspect I believe we're overlooking. The entity and its mannerisms bear a striking resemblance to a Japanese folklore, Kuchisake Onna or the Slit-Mouthed Woman. Now that you mention it, Kieran, I recall a similar case we encountered two years ago. The client was a historian with a deep interest in Japanese culture, who began reporting encounters with an unsettling figure from an ancient Japanese lore. Yes, I remember that case. However, unlike Erika's experience, the historian's sightings were limited to his dreams. He never reported experiencing hallucinations in the real world, not to the extent Erika is dealing with anyhow. That's an excellent point, Victoria. Also worth noting is that the historian had been researching that specific myth prior to the dreams. Meanwhile, Erika appears to be unaware of Kuchisake Ona until I mentioned it. Another noteworthy bit from the call transcript is Erika's installation of red threads. If I remember correctly, red threads have symbolic meanings in several cultures. They often represent protection, warding off evil, or spiritual connection. Could this be indicative of her leaning towards a certain cultural belief or protective practice? An interesting point, Victoria. However, it could also be seen as a desperate attempt to regain control over an increasingly unpredictable environment, analogous to carrying a rabbit's foot, perhaps, or hanging a dreamcatcher. A woman tormented by an entity remarkably similar to a Japanese legend, desperately seeking ways to self-comfort and protect herself, who either unknowingly tapped into an ancient cultural narrative or made contact with an actual spiritual entity. Due to the complex nature of this case, I propose a multi-pronged approach, starting with face-to-face -face interviews to understand Erica's mental state and history, then moving to an on-site investigation. Meanwhile, Victoria could look into the psychological aspects, and Jensen, you could possibly identify possible physical or environmental triggers. January 19th. Dear Journal, Stepping off the plane into the muggy air of Pennsylvania, I felt a wave of anticipation and anxiety. I had traipsed a myriad of ancient cultures, unearthing legends that linger around campfires, but today I had been tasked to delve into the personal mythos of one Erica Morales. She had been plagued by sightings of a spectral woman, eerily reminiscent of the Japanese urban legend, Kuchisake Ona. Her call for help brought me across the Atlantic, as such a personal encounter with an alleged entity was a tantalising narrative that demanded my presence. The frisson of fear in Erica's voice on the phone was palpable. It wasn't just her detailed descriptions of the nightmarish visits, both in her dreams and in reality, that held me wrapped. It was the fact that red threads, a protective element from the very tale she seemed to be living, had already been installed around her abode. This fusion of folklore and reality had my heart pounding, my historian's curiosity thoroughly stoked. I approached this case with two primary goals. First, to explore the environment Erica was situated in, seeking physical frequencies that might attribute to such vivid illusions. Second, and more crucially, to immerse myself in her narrative, interviewing Erica to weave together any potential threads that might tie her experiences to the slit-mouthed woman. Erica's apartment was nestled in the historic heart of the town. I was suddenly among narrow alleyways and Victorian architecture, a township preserving its past much like the tales I studied. The labyrinthine housing, coupled with a pervasive air of disquiet and peculiarity, certainly didn't help allay Erica's fears. I could almost imagine apparitions creeping along these alleyways. 
Over cups of green tea, Erica shared her experiences candidly. Each encounter with the spectral woman was replayed down to the minutest detail. The rustle of robes, the muffled voice from behind the mask, the chilling climax of the face revealed. She asks me if she is beautiful, her voice trembled, and then she reveals her grotesque, distorted mouth. Examining these narratives, I couldn't help but feel we were unearthing a personal demon rather than negotiating with a traditional ghost. Perhaps, I thought, the folklore I usually delved into was functioning here as a psychological vessel for Erica's fears. During my investigation, I employed several standard methods, electromagnetic field readers, temperature gauges, and even a spirit box for potential EVP. Granted, these instruments were more inclined towards Jensen's scientific persuasions, but I believe in an interdisciplinary approach when dealing with the supernatural. Just as I was wrapping up a session with the spirit box, there was a sharp spike in the reading. A chill ran down my spine as I noted the uncanny synchronicity. It was the same moment that Erica whispered, She's here. This spectral visitation was a game-changer. Erica, previously calm and composed, now trembled, her eyes wide with horror. It was clear that we had dredged up something truly unnatural. I couldn't help but wonder what my colleagues Victoria with her psychological insights, Jensen with his hard science preferences, would counsel if they were here. Wasn't it Jensen who once said, even if a door seems slammed shut, there's always a key somewhere? As the knight's peculiarities unfurled, his quote hummed in my mind. Suddenly, a new course of action dawned on me. Determined, I decided it was time to challenge this encounter head-on. Reassuring Erica, we sat together and prepared mentally for another visit. And then, chillingly, it happened. The air around us crackled with tension. A menacing figure coalesced in front of Erica. Replaying Erica's narrative, I began to address the spirit directly. What happened after, however, I fear is too unnerving to mention. Yet in the aftermath of this confrontation, a strange sense of calm washed over Erica. The entity, startling as its presence was, didn't return. It seems that our face-off had inadvertently resolved Erica's haunting. As I prepare to bid Pennsylvania goodbye, I find myself contemplating the elusive world of the supernatural. Our chilling encounter with Erica's entity has left me with more questions than answers. The correlation between Erica's spectral woman and the Kuchisake honor has me pondering the nuanced interaction between cultural myths and personal narratives. The decoding has just begun. It's time to take my findings back to the lab, where my colleagues and I examine what the thread of reality we've been able to unravel will reveal. Until then, the mystery continues. Indeed, I write with a lace of fear and a ribbon of exhilaration, a feeling I'm all too familiar with. Every locked door in this case seems to have cracked open, but the hallway of secrets seems endless, a captivating haunt for another day. Till the next haunting. Dr. Kieran Sullivan. Tell us about your investigation, Kieran. Certainly. When I arrived at Erica's residence, it was evident that fear had permeated every corner of her life. I explored her environment looking for physical triggers while immersing myself in her narrative. Interestingly, every detail she narrated matched with the folklore of Kuchisake Ona. Physical triggers, like electromagnetic fields or infrasound, Precisely, but there were no such anomalies. Although during a session with a spirit box, reading spiked the moment Erica murmured about the entity's presence. Isn't the spirit box considered controversial? Many skeptics dismiss it as an echo chamber for paranoia. True, Jensen. I wouldn't usually rely on it solely, but given the simultaneous change in Erica's behavior, I felt it worth noting. This entity seemingly shares the mythology of an old Japanese urban legend. 
However, Erica's fear is all too real. This isn't merely a case of suggestion or overactive imagination. She manifested this entity. The dichotomy is intriguing. Agreed. What intrigued me further was confronting the apparition. Instead of aggravating the situation, it seemed to dissipate the spectral figure. Did you record any data during this confrontation, Kieran? Yes. The readings remained neutral. Interestingly, the environmental parameters didn't fluctuate during the confrontation. These findings lead away from traditional paranormal phenomena and more towards a psychological manifestation. We must explore this angle further. That's my belief too, Victoria. Our next step should be exploring Erica's psychological background. Maybe the key to solving this haunting lies within her. Indeed, let's proceed with articulating this approach for our client. Also, I've received details of a new case. Once we've closed Erica's case, we must look into it. Sounds like we have our work cut out for us. One challenge at a time, Victoria. One challenge.